Hello there. This is an incoming transmission from Obi-Wan Kenobi. Welcome to the Credible Nerds Podcast. This is the podcast you're looking for. Don't go about your business. Stay here. Well, go about your business and listen. And then you can move along. Move along. And may the force be with you. Always. Hey, Mandalorian fans. This is Justin from The Credible Nerds, and we're about to talk Chapter 7 of The Mandalorian Season 1, The Reckoning. Uh, it's been quite the ride so far. We're starting out with introduction of the Mando. He meets Baby Yoda, then he meets all these other cool characters. We see more Mandalorians, and the story keeps going on and on. And now we're getting towards the end of this first season, and a Mandalorian is headed back to the planet Navarro that he initially started on with baby Yoda this time. So we'll be getting into the nuts and bolts of this latest episode, episode seven. And as always, I have my fellow Mandalorians with me, Blake and Nathan. Hey everyone. Hello Mandalorian universe. So it's been uh, quite the ride so far this season. We've gone to various planets. We've got seen new characters, new droids, uh, some different experiences that we don't get in the the Star Wars cinematic movies. But overall, it's been a fun ride for me. It's been a good series to watch so far. And I'm looking forward to the upcoming episodes. Uh, this first season only had eight episodes. And here we are, episode seven. So the penult- penultimate episode. And we start to see how things are playing out. A lot of good things happen in this episode. Start to wrap things up for the season. Um, we last left mandalorian and baby yoda as they were fleeing from this job that they did this heist that they performed with some old friends Uh, mandalorian got double crossed but he was able to get through it and escape with his life as well as baby yoda's life and they as they do so they get a message from grief karga from navarro and he's saying that um they he needs to come back and help him out because the the client who is an imperial ex-imperial officer him and his troops have taken over the city and they need the mandalorians help to get rid of them so he he thinks about it and then he decides hey i'll head back but first i'm going to make a pit stop so he goes back to the planet where he met cara dune where they did uh, the episode sanctuary took place he goes back there and talks to her and we we meet up with Cara Dune again, and she's actually in this duel with another guy that's there at the same restaurant or bar and the cantina. And they're there and they're dueling and everybody's betting on who's going to win. Is it going to be Cara Dune? Is it going to be this other guy? And they have this uh, like this electric cable connecting them to these belts that they're wearing, and that's part of the, the duel. And it was pretty cool to see Cara Dune in action. Um we know she's uh, her character, or rather, we know the actor who plays Cara Dune. We know Gina, Gina Carano, Carano is uh, an ex MMA fighter. So she, we saw some of those moves in this fight. It was pretty, pretty good to see that happen here in the Star Wars universe. And she ends up winning. It's kind of like the, the Indiana Jones, the first of Indiana Jones when Indiana walks in and Marion's having this. Uh, drinking contest with one of the patrons and everybody's betting on him and 
she ends up winning and then she collects the money and everybody leaves. It's kind of that scenario, except for with Cardoon wrestling this guy, everybody gives her the money and then they leave. And then Mando comes in and they start talking. He presents to her uh, the opportunity to help him, you know, to get back at the Imperials. We had learned that she was a rebel shock trooper and that she didn't like the empire. She was from Alderaan. I think that was in the previous episode. Where okay. the, he, when he first meets her, he he gets that backstory, and then, okay. and and that and when they're sitting there, and he's offering her the job, she's like not interested. And then when he says it's an imperial that we're going after, she's like, "Sign me up." Yeah, yep. So she's in. She wants to get back at the imperials um, any way she can. So after they they get Cara Dune, they head off. They go back and they pick up Quill. The, from the Ugnot from the first episode uh, that we met. And they go, Cara Dune and him go talk to, to Quill at his house and they try to talk him into joining them to, you know, he's like, I need someone to watch the kid while we take care of business and I'd like you to help us. And he's he's not too hot on it. But then at the same time, um, the IG droid that was killed by Mando in the first episode shows up. And he's like the servant for Quill. And so they they both draw their guns. Uh, Mando and Cardoon draw their guns on him. But Quill's like, no, I fixed him. I reprogrammed him. And uh, he's he's a good guy now, basically. So they, they're not convinced, but they see that he's not a threat necessarily at that point. So then we see this montage of Quill fixing uh, <laughs> IG-11 yeah. and training him and there's some humorous moments there with the lizard, but um, trains him, brings it back up to speed, and now he's uh, Quill's butler. <laughs> but uh, IG-11 is going to come help too. So the gang's back. The gang's formed, I guess. Um, he was able to pick the people that had helped him out throughout the this first part of the series on his journey. He's able to pick them and get them to join his cause and help Baby Yoda. But there's an interesting dialogue here when they're in the Quill's hut and Quill sees uh, baby Yoda. I think it's for the first time. No, he, he saw him in the Jawa episode. Never mind. So Quill's looking at him and he's like, they, they're talking about how, how he's a clone. He might be a clone, but Quill isn't convinced that he is. And so that was one of the theories in the beginning of the series that, uh, Baby Yoda was a clone, perhaps of Yoda. And, but then that was kind of put to rest here in this episode that that's not necessarily the case. Yeah, he uses the term uh, strand cast, which I wasn't familiar with. Yeah. But then, yeah, uh, Quill says, no, he's too ugly. Yeah. He must be, a, he must have been, uh, must have evolved because he's too ugly to have been a clone. And, but then you, you get a little history about Quill. He says he worked. Um, and or was associated in somehow with some of those cloning um, uh, operations, which was interesting. The other thing I thought was interesting, just kind of backing up a little, is when the Mandalorian goes to pick up Kara, and when she first kind of like, no, not interested, she says, since leaving, um, you know, she talks about how she helped mop up uh, the Imperials on... Um, is it Endor? Yeah. Um, you know, she says that that she 
she can't go anywhere. She's hiding there because she's not only wanted that she's done things that, that would make her, um, you know, that she's on not only the radar of the Imperials, but also on the radar of the, of the new Republic and that she's done things that would, the moment she, her name gets registered to fly anywhere, uh, she would, uh, she would be, she'd come up on some sort of report. I thought that was interesting. They didn't go into detail as far as what exactly that could have been, but clearly after Lee, she, she, I don't know if she went AWOL uh, or if she kind of just, you know, left the, 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 tro- the, the drop trooper, but, but she's hiding, been hiding there for a reason, not just hiding from Imperials, but also from the new Republic, but still when she, given an opportunity to go after an old Imperial commander, she jumps at the chance. Yeah. Quill ends up deciding to go along with him, but IG-11 has to go. And the Blurgs. They take three Blurgs with them. So they they get on the ship. They head back to Navarro, meet up with Grief Karga and three other bounty hunters. And for you, Blake, from the get-go, he's like, hey, come back. I'll, I'll get rid of the bounty that's on your head. I'll make things right. People won't be chasing you and Baby Yoda anymore. So come back and help us. And then he lands and then there's some people, there's some bounty hunters there. What what were you thinking about this, this situation, this deal that they had? Yeah, I mean, it, it obviously feels a little fishy, right? When you've got uh, um, headhunters out there that are, that are talking about, hey, the come help us save the town, right? It, it just felt a little bit fishy. And, and so you, you knew something was up for sure. The, after they talk for a bit, uh, they had, they start to head into town and they have to camp for the night. And this is where another interesting scenario happens where they're sitting there hanging out, talking and these uh, flying monsters attack them and steal one of the blurgs and, one of the other bounty hunters and then grief car gets injured in the attack. And he's, I guess these creatures have poisonous claws or something to the effect where he's now poisoned and it's spreading quickly and they don't have the medical equipment to, to save him. So um, we see baby Yoda. He's like listening in on the conversation. He's looking, he's like, Hey, what's going on over there? So he gets out of his little uh, baby carrier and walks over there and uses the force to heal Grief Karga's wound and stop the poison from spreading. And by the time he's done using the force to do that, uh, the wound is like it was never there. It's completely healed. Yeah. The, the thing I love about that, that part is like he comes up, does that little, I mean, baby Yoda puts his hand on there and, and uh, Grief's like, he's going to eat me. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, where's the backup? Well, how cool would that have been, though, if he would have just yeah. eaten him? I was funny. really taking the big chunk taking the, the series in a different uh, direction. Yeah, that would have been funny. So we don't ever learn or hear what those flying dragon things are, right? No. Um, yeah. But, but how bad is them. Navarro, right? Like, yeah. but but you're right, though. Navarro is. I don't see why. There's not a single plant or tree growing on that planet. It's just lava. It's just lava rock and dirt. And there's no, and there's nothing pretty about that 
about that planet. So why there's a community living there, you, uh, I have no idea. But and there's I, flying poisonous dragons flying right. around as well. Yeah. Sweep, pick you up in the middle of the night while you're just taking time, trying to take a nap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so I think chronologically, this is the first time we see that force heal be used in the star Wars universe. Like we didn't see it in the prequels when the Jedi were in their prime. We didn't see it in the original trilogy. And yeah, this is the first time. And I think if I remember correctly, there was, um, there was a timing issue, not really an issue, but the, um, the last Skywalker movie, uh, was about to come out around this time. Mm-hmm. And they, if I remember correctly, I, I think they released this episode, they released it like instead of on a Friday, like it normally would have come out, they released it like on a Wednesday, a few days early. And then after you saw the episode, that was kind of a, I think this, the, the reason why they did that was because Ray, we ultimately see some force healing going on in the last Skywalker movie. Mm-hmm. Um, if I remember correctly. Yep. Yeah. They released it a little early, which is, it's curious that they wanted to see, they wanted to show up first in the Mandalorian before we saw it first in Skywalker rise of Skywalker. Yeah. They didn't want, I think, you know, I think when people saw the the uh, the Force Awakens, they're like Ray's doing all this stuff with the Force, and they're like, it "Doesn't work like that, <laughs> right?" Yeah, yeah. And then they're like, to avoid some backlash, they're like, "Let's introduce this Force healing power in the Mandalorian," so people aren't totally shocked and aghast when they see it um, in the the Last Skywalker. Mm-hmm. That's just that's just my theory. I think it's a good theory. So do you think they wrote that part into the Mandalorian specifically for that reason? Or did they just happen to be in the same, same power in different stories or. That's a good question. You know, I don't know. Yeah. How did, did, which came first? Did the, did they write that in because they wanted to, because they knew it was coming out in the movie or vice versa, you know, did, did, was it coming out in the movie and they were like, you know, we should put something like that in the Mandalorian. So it doesn't seem so uh, peculiar or odd. Yeah. And then going back, they were, so when they left Quill's hut, they were all in the ship, the gunship and um, Cara Dune and the Mandalorian are arm wrestling and baby Yoda takes offense to that. And he thinks uh, Cara Dune's attacking the Mandalorian. So he starts to use force choke on Cara Dune, just like out of the blue. He has that look on his face. He's like going full dark side mode and just is going to kill her. But uh, they are able to grab him and say, no, stop it. And he stops. But I thought that was pretty interesting that, you know, at this point, there's no, we've seen baby Yoda uh, heal the Mandalorian. We've seen baby Yoda save the Mandalorian from death, but then he's willing to kill Cara Dune. So he, he's like light side, dark side. He's, there is no side. He's just using the force for what he wants, what he wants to do. And I think that's a result of lack of training. 
you know, he didn't have the, he doesn't have a Jedi master with him to teach him those things. So it's interesting to see where, where that will go. You know, is he going to be able to learn to use the light side of the horse at some point, or is he just going to use it how he wants? And that's the new, instead of Jedi, there's just these force users that can do whatever they want. So I'll be interested to see how that goes. It's interesting because it's like, you know, he's, he's obviously, a, a, you know, young, relatively speaking. Um, and he know, but, but it's like, you know, when I first saw that scene, I thought, well, he doesn't understand his power, right? He's, he's reacting like a child would. He wants to protect the Mandalorian. And so that's how he does it. Not understanding maybe the consequence of things, but, but then at the same time, when he's, I mean, he understands enough about what, what happened with grief that he's like, I mean, he knew enough to go up and, and, and use his, his powers to heal him. And I mean, I don't know, I, I would imagine that takes some knowledge and some understanding to know how to apply the, the force that way. So it, it was kind of a little bit confusing there. Yeah. To your point, maybe it is more of a, he's using the force for, you know, kind of whatever serves his purposes. And he maybe does understand it a little bit better than, uh, than I first thought. I don't know. I thought it was interesting that, that Quill, you know, he, he then, after seeing this event, he kind of talks about, he's, I don't know if he says I've heard of this or I've heard stories of this or, but he, he, when he, when, when he sees this, He's just like, there's something special about, about this kid. I've heard stories about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just adds to the mystery of who Baby Yoda is and what his potential is. Um, so yeah, the grief gets healed. They end up going to right to the edge of the town and they see Navarro. And grief has a, a change of, of heart. He, his plan was to double cross the Mandalorian and take the child and present him to the client. Uh, but he has a change of heart and he shoots the remaining bounty hunters and says, Hey, uh, it was a, it was a trap, you know, it was a trick. And I've, I feel like I, I shouldn't do that. So I'm going to help you guys instead. So they work out a plan. They're going to take baby Yoda back to the ship and they're going to take the, just the baby, the floating baby carrier and uh, close it up. So you can't see inside and then they'll pretend that Mandalorian's captured and they'll go meet the client and then Mando will kill the client and then they'll try to get away because Grease telling them there's only four guards. There's only four, four stormtroopers. It won't be that big of a deal. So they go into town and then all of a sudden there's like 50 stormtroopers and they're, they're, you know, they're guarding the entrance. They're walking up and down the streets and guarding the door to get into, to meet with uh, the clients and so Carl's like hey I thought you said there was four and he's like well four inside guarding the client so you know the deal is getting worse all the time right so they end up going into the the cantina where the client is and but then there's more than four stormtroopers in there so they're getting a little nervous they sit down and greet the clients like hey I want to see the baby and they're like, oh, he's taking a nap. We can't disturb him. <laughs> so luckily, uh, they get a call, a hologram hologram call. And it's a new character we haven't met before, haven't seen before. 
And that is Moff Gideon. And did did that throw you for a loop, guys? All of a sudden there's a, a new Moff in town. And I, I think we got um, a hint that the client had someone above him wanting to get the, the child, but we never knew who it was or, or what that was all about. But all of a sudden there's this new Moff, Moff Gideon. Yeah, it definitely threw me for a loop. I was, um, I, I, I didn't expect it to be that organized. You know, when, when they're walking down the main street to, to go meet the client, up until this point, every time you saw a stormtrooper, they were dirty. They, were, they looked like they had been beat up and they were just looked like misfits. Undisciplined. Kind of, yeah, stragglers yeah. from a from a for, from a defeated empire that were all kind of like now mercenaries working for this client now, and, and you certainly didn't expect that the that the empire was it had any semblance of of existence at all, at all except for now, if, if there was at all any, it was just at the bare minimum these small groups that, you know, may be on various planets, but, but nothing to the level that you saw when, when Moth Gideon shows up and you see him kind of give his speech about how this child is much more important to me. And then you see the troop transport show up and, and not only do you see, you know, the, the, the dark storm troopers all nice and shiny and clean and organized. But then you see a, a whole slew of other storm troopers, almost as if these guys weren't part of the guy, the storm troopers that were all were there hanging out. It's these guys came and were just kind of waiting for a signal from moth. And then you see this tie fighter land and show up. Um, and I might be getting ahead of ourselves, but you you definitely it was definitely was a shock to me because it opened up uh, uh, the possibility that the empire, even though it's 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 been five years since Return of the Jedi, and clearly they weren't wiped off the face of the planet, and not only are they still around, but they're probably have a much more larger presence and are working towards getting back to the same strength level that they were before and are well on their way. I agree. It was, it was definitely an eye opener um, to see him fly in. That was a pretty cool moment. First you see the death troopers just start blasting that cantina. They end up killing the client. Uh, I think Moff Gideon was done with him and his, his ineptness because he, he knew that it was a trap. He knew that baby Yoda wasn't there. And so he's just like, okay, I'm done with this guy. So the death troopers just start shooting, blasting everybody, but our heroes are able to avoid it. And um, then you see him fly in in his TIE fighter. It was a pretty, pretty intense, pretty cool moment to see that. you never seen a TIE fighter land before. I guess there's a little bit in the Clone Wars, or no, it was Rebels that we saw that. But the first time in, in you know live action where that comes in and just lands the wings fold up the landing gear comes out that was pretty pretty awesome moment for a star wars fan who had tie fighter toys as a kid and just wondered well this lands but how do they get out of the cockpit do they have to jump off (laughs) 
So <laughs> now we know. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And yeah. again, they tie in, you know, previous film. You got uh, the death troopers from Rogue One that don't really appear in any other film um, with good reason, I guess. And so I, like you said earlier, they, they do a good job of tying all the, the shows together, all the movies together and animated shows. Uh, so when all this is going on, um, Mandalorian's contacting Quill on his comm link saying, hey, you need to get back to the ship. It's a trap. Get in and lock up and then engage the, you know, the security protocols. So Quill's heading back with Baby Yoda on his blurg as fast as he can. But the stormtroopers intercept this signal and they hear it too. So they take off on their speeder bikes and chase down Quill. This is a pretty emotional moment too, is they end up catching up to Quill and they take him out. They shoot him. He's dead. They kidnap baby Yoda and they take off. I mean, that was pretty unexpected. You know, up to this point, the majority of the heroes, they're, they're able to, to win at the end of the episode and survive. But here we have someone who doesn't, and he's probably one of the most beloved characters in the show besides, you know, baby Yoda. Um, He's, you know, that old guy that has all the, the cool sayings, you know, I have spoken and he has a lot of wisdom and he's very endearing, straight shooter, no nonsense. And, you know, he's the one that, that gets killed. It's pretty, pretty emotional moment there. He was, he was that guy who, you know, every time things kind of got a little dicey, he, he brought everybody back down and, and had his words of wisdom or, or, or whatever. Hey, you know, let's, maybe we should trust him. Hey, you know, let him speak those kinds of things. And just, just such a balanced character. And then, yeah, it's hard. You, you see him getting so close to the ship there at the end and, and he just doesn't quite make it, but was doing everything he could to, uh, uh, to protect the child. And, uh, it was, and, and we watched it. I watched that one with my kids and, they, you know, that, that was a hard one for them to see. They were like, wait, now what? And, yeah. uh, so yeah, hard hard to see a character like that that go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was pretty sad. I was kind of hoping or I'm we haven't we haven't seen the next episode yet. So at the end of this one, uh hoping hoping that he's still alive. Yeah. So uh we got it kind of ends on a cliffhanger with uh, Moff Gideon showing up in his TIE fighter and baby Yoda gets kidnapped by the Imperial stormtroopers and our heroes, Grief, Karga, Cara Dune and Mandalorian are pinned down in the cantina surrounded by, I don't know, hundred stormtroopers probably. So how are they going to escape? We don't know. You have to stay tuned. Watch the next episode. Listen to our next uh, podcast episode too. We'll break it down. So any any final thoughts on this episode or anything that we perhaps didn't address? You know, this was a, this was a good episode. It wasn't one of those filler episodes where perhaps you know, sanctuary was, even though they, there, there was some story elements to that episode of sanctuary. I think ultimately it was a filler episode and there was a couple of those. Um, the last one you could probably say was a, a filler, but this one wasn't it, you know, it, it moved the story along very uh with some good 
uh, character development with some new characters with some situations so um, a lot of good stuff in this episode yeah well I think like Nate was saying I, I mean you know uh, once uh, once Moff Gideon shows up and and there's this whole different level of organization to what they're facing it's like oh the stakes just the stakes just went higher you know uh, so a very very cool episode yeah, I really liked it. And of course, you know, at, by this time in the series, you're starting to get a glimpse that this is more than just a Star Wars universe side story that this potentially, this series yeah. now has the potential to actually play a much larger role into a bigger story that eventually leads on to you know movies uh seven eight and nine and that there may be a possible tie-in as we see the beginnings of what could be what we eventually learn to be is the first order and uh, how exciting that is because when you when i went in to the series uh, my assumption was just this would be a side story with its own plot it might have cameos and or uh little egg uh, uh easter eggs and or references to the movies but in no way shape or form did i think that this and or any other uh live action tv series that they may be doing would play any role into uh bridging the gap and or leading in between to the end of return of the end of the jedi to the force awakens. Yeah. I think that would, that was surprising for me as well, because it is only five years. Uh, the reports vary, but I, I think it's five years after return of the Jedi. So not that long. And so I expected it to be more about the, the fallout of the, the empire, which it kind of is, but you do see those, those seeds being planted for the first order. Cause they didn't just show up all of a sudden one day and oh look here's the first order you know i'm sure they evolved from the remnants of the empire because a lot of their ships and technology and everything were very similar if not the same so yeah i like that i like that theory hopefully we get to see it so we want to thank you guys for joining us here on the mandalorian review show for season one episode seven episode eight is the the last episode we'll be talking about what happens next? Does Baby Yoda escape the clutches of the stormtroopers? Do our heroes escape Moff Gideon? You know, just who is Moff Gideon? Do they talk about him and his plan or what's going on with him? Who is he? So we'll get into that more next episode. So we want to thank you guys for joining us and may the force be with you. Mm-hmm.